speak to us from your word. Speak the truth to us, oh God. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. Amen. Please be seated. It's such a great privilege to me, to, for, from our God, that uh, God's uh, helped me to be a pastor here and to work with you in ministry. Today, I want to start a, a series, and, and I title this, The Creative Force. The Creative Force. Um, when I came to the United States, I, there was this, uh, is this Star Wars, they call it? I've never seen one, one of it. Star Wars? Is that what they call it? Yeah. And I keep hearing them say, the force. And they say, do you use the force? And I say, what do you mean the force? What, what is there? Because I've never seen one of the programs before. But everyone talked about the force. And, and people still talk about the force. And you listen to people talking on television. And those that don't want to accept Jesus or don't want to accept God, they don't want to mention God. They keep talking about the force. And I'm thinking, what do you mean the force? The force is a being. The force that they are talking about is a being. There are a lot of forces in the world. There is the force of gravity. That's a thing. But there is a being that is the force. And is the creative force. This being creates. And what I want to do in this message is to tell you about this being that creates is the force. He is the one that takes from the unseen world and brings it, brings it into the sin world. He is the only person that can change your life and change your situation. He is unseen, but he can bring into, thing, into the material world things that you can't see and make them material where you can handle them and feel them. And until you understand him, it's really hard to have a walk with God and to have a, a success in life that God the Father is proud of. A lot of people have a success in the world, but even their families, because of the things that happen to them, people are not really proud of their success. They're like shipwreck, you know, when you see what's happening to some of these people, it's like uh, an accident waiting to happen. And yet people call them successful, but everybody knows something is not right. I don't call that success. When we know something is missing, something is broken, but he's successful. They are only talking about fame or money. But this being we're talking about, this person is the one that can give you true success and success that will last forever. And we need to talk about him. This is the creative force. The Bible tells us, in Genesis, is the force of God. In Genesis 1, verse 1 and 2, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2 is very important, and that's why I'm bringing this message. One of the reasons I'm bringing this message to you. It says, The earth was without what? Form. There was an earth, but the earth was without form. Many lives are without form. The earth was without form and void. A lot of people feel that void inside of them. Empty. Confused. Yet created by God. Formless. Void. 
depressed, concerned, nothing good's happening, no confidence in life. That's what the, the that's the way it was from the beginning. When God created the heavens and the earth, He said the earth was without form and was void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. Any any time there is darkness, there is always a life without form and a life that's void. We need light. That's why the first thing that God created was what? Light. Let there be light. Light is the beginning. Once you have light, light signifies the beginning of order. God begins to put things together after light. So it says, the earth was without form and void. I'm going to ask you, what's your life like today? How are you feeling about life? What about your family? What about your relationships, your finances? Do you feel like it's formless, confused? Void, going the way you can't control it, and there is darkness there, but there's nothing you can do about it. There's somebody that can throw light and begin to bring order and to create something beautiful out of the darkness. You know, the Bible says, and I like to put the word but, okay? You got all these things, but... The Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. You wonder why at this early stage, God is introducing us into the, to the Spirit of the living God. All this darkness, all this void, and then the Spirit was hovering. In other words, the Spirit was incubating, just moving over everything that was formless. And void, the Holy Spirit was moving over that. And then God said, You see, always the Holy Spirit is that force that is God. And you really cannot get much, get into a great distance with God in your relationship without the Holy Spirit. That is very important. So the Bible tells us about God. Who is God? God is a spirit being. It's a person. And God, because he's a being, we were created in his image. You remember God said it's not good for the man to be alone. You know why? He needs fellowship. God was looking at himself and looking into mankind, is, 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 this is not going to work. He needs some other person. Like God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God is a spirit being. The angels worship God. Spirit to spirit. Deep cut out to deep. Animals, God don't want... They can, because of their presence and their creation, they give glory to God. But God doesn't desire worship from animals. They are not in his class. The angels were created spirit beings. 
And they give God worship, and it's a holy worship. But God desires another kind of worship because the angels were not created in his class. They were not created in his image. The highest form of worship God can obtain, and God needs worship and fellowship. You know, when we worship God, it's a fellowship, really. We call it worship. It's really fellowshipping with God. Fellowshipping with God is deep. That's what God was doing with Adam. Adam wasn't worshiping God. God spent time with Adam, right? They were fellowshipping. That was satisfying to God before the fall. God needs fellowship. The highest form of fellowship and worship that God can ever get from the universe comes from you. That's the highest form. God gave his son to get fellowship with you in the deepest level. So, it's spirit to spirit. God doesn't desire any kind of worship, but spirit to spirit. And he tells us this in John chapter 4, beginning from verse 20 there. I'm going to go to the scriptures I gave that will be over here. But verse, in verse 20, Jesus was talking to the woman. The woman said to Jesus, now listen, our fathers worship on this mountain, but you Jews, you say it's in Jerusalem that men ought, uh, ought to worship. And Jesus said, look, woman, believe me. The time is coming when you will worship neither in, on, on this mountain or in Jerusalem. Worship God. She said to Jesus, Jesus said to her, you worship what you don't know. A lot of people in the world are worshiping what they don't know today. There are a lot of religions in the world that, they, that think that they're worshiping God. They are worshiping what they don't know. Some of them are worshiping demons. But they don't know it. They tell you they are worshiping God. He is God. There's only one God. Jesus said to her, you worship what you don't know. We know what we worship. If you don't know what you're worshiping, you're not worshiping. If you just come into church and you don't really know God inside of you just because everybody else is doing it and we have to go to church on Sunday, you are not worshiping. He said to her, we know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. It comes from the Jews. That's the source of it. Samaritans and Jews. But Jesus says, but the hour, that's what we have here, verse 23, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers, guess what? If you have a true worshiper, you will also have a false worshiper, right? Yeah. But God is looking for the true worshiper. He says, when the time is coming and we are in that time right now. When the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. The next word is so important. He says, for, because the Father is seeking such to worship him. So God's going everywhere. Would you worship me in spirit and in truth? You say, no, he goes to the next person. Would you please worship me? In other words, can we have fellowship? 
in spirit and in truth. And you say, well, I really am really busy. I, I don't have the time. He says, that's okay. Uh, the next person, Nancy, would you worship me? And Nancy says, yes. And the Bible says, according to what Jesus said, when a soul is saved on earth, there is joy among the angels in heaven. They rejoice because now God got one person more to fellowship with. But the fellowship is in spirit and in truth. Some are still worshiping on the mountain. Others are worshiping in Jerusalem. But that's not what God wants. But among us, we have people that are worshiping God in truth. But not in spirit. Notice, if Jesus wanted us to worship him just in, in, in truth, he would have said, the Father is seeking people to worship him in truth. They are worshiping God in truth, but they are not worshiping him in spirit. There is a difference. Jesus said, in spirit and in truth. And he said it two times. Right? And God is seeking such people. Not those that will worship him in truth alone. It's just everything is in their mind. Cerebral. Everything is in their mind. They have all these things, everything taken care of in their mind. They follow, they read the scriptures. I'd like you to read Isaiah chapter 11. They follow the scriptures and they look through that and they say, well, this is the way it's done. You are leaning on the arm of flesh. There are certain times God's going to want to say something to you. has nothing to do with just the line upon line <laughs> and all of that. God wants you to worship him. As many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That's the way it's supposed to be. Abraham didn't have no Bible to read. He worshiped God. And that's what God's looking for. For us to worship him in spirit and in truth. Can everyone worship God in spirit and in truth? Yes. If you want to. You have the potential as a human being. When God created you, he created you with the potential to be able to worship him in spirit and in truth. You may not be able to worship him in spirit and in truth because you were not willing. That's all. If you are willing, you'll be able to. Because Jesus is calling everyone. God the Father is calling everybody to worship him in spirit and in truth. The hour is right here. Let me show you one of the greatest mysteries. We're talking about the, the spirit of God. Because it's not just head knowledge. People know a lot of scriptures and they quote those scriptures. You, you, some of those people that I've met, they know so many scriptures. And uh, when I start the scripture, they end it up with, for me and give me more. But his life, and I'm wondering, how can he be quoting scriptures? He's like a parrot. I mean, he knows all of this stuff. But look, his, look at his life. Look at him. Look at him. And the, everybody says, I remember once in A&M, I was talking to this group uh, of people. Uh, we're all uh, uh, scientists, I guess, who were doing research. And I, we collect data together. We were all collecting data. And one of them, I have to tell you this story, it's funny. <laughs> one of them said to me, he said, uh, she said, she's Indian. It was a, a funny group uh, of people that I had to work with when I was in a and uh, There was a guy from mainland China. Uh, he's supposed to be the atheist among us. Then we had one from Colombia. He was an agnostic. 
And then we had another one from India. That woman, she was a, a Hindu woman. And then my friend also, Ikram, he's a Muslim. And I have to be, I'm the Christian, I'm Muslim. <laughs> and we were constantly fighting. It was funny. And this day we were in the lab, you know, collecting data. And uh, the Hindu girl said to me, uh, good luck. In the presence of everybody, because we collect data, you know, if we were taking blood samples, we're all doing it together. She said, if this Christian faith is the real faith, uh, that you, as you say, how is it that so many people are converting from Christianity to uh, Islam? He said, Islam is the fastest growing religion in the United States. That's what she would say in those days. I, I stopped everything that I was doing, and I looked at her, and I said, now listen. I was really serious. There is no Christian, real Christian, that would do what you just said. She said, really? Everybody, they all stopped what they were doing. The fight was joined. <laughs> everybody stopped. And I said, uh, no Christian will ever do that. She said back, well, but Muhammad Ali, you know him, converted to being a Christian. He was a Christian. He became a Muslim. And I said, I didn't use this word, but read my lips. <laughs> but not that way. And seriously, I told her, can you want to hear it again? No true Christian will ever do what you just said. Oh, everybody was angry. They were mad at me. How can you say that? Are you saying the Christianity is the only way? Uh, if you say Muhammad Ali was not a true Christian, you are the one that's going to judge. Uh, you are the one that knows everyone that's a Christian. And, and I said, I'll just repeat the same thing. And they got really mad. But there was a girl, that's the reason for this, what I'm telling you now. There was a girl who was a Christian in their mind that was doing silly things. And she was standing there, and they said, good luck. Is she a Christian? Tell us. <laughs> Is she also a Christian? Because they knew her life. She goes to church. She's a Christian. I said, she's standing right there before you. Ask her. <laughs> I'm not going for a fight. <laughs> but they watch your life. They watch your life. If Christ is your, in your heart, there's going to be beauty in the character. Because he would be himself. If your life is on the other way and you're doing your own thing, it's obvious the truth is not in you and you are not worshiping the Father in spirit and in truth. I'm not going to argue with you. The scripture stands forever. The Bible says forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven it is settled. This is the word that's going to judge us. So, who is doing the works? Let me show you the, one of the greatest mysteries that happened, the Holy Spirit, how it can transform your life. I personally believe the death of Jesus on the cross and everything that Jesus did was to make way for the Holy Spirit to come into your life and make you holy. Some people say, well, the Holy Spirit, I cannot receive the Holy Spirit because of all these things that I'm doing. Well, you will not be holy until the Holy Spirit 
comes into your heart to make you holy. There is no holy man. You only get holy when the Holy Spirit comes into you. And he's willing to come into anyone who will receive him. Amen? The Holy Spirit, let me show you. He is the one that takes from the unseen world and brings it into the seen world. The Bible tells us in the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. But in verse 14 of John chapter 1, he says, And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. We beheld his glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. So God became a man. The word of God became a human being with flesh and blood. How did that happen? How did it happen? How did the word of God that you cannot touch become somebody that speaks directly and you can touch him, you can see his eyes, you can... How did that happen? You know how it happened? Mary was conceived of the Holy Spirit. Who did it? The Holy Spirit did it. The Holy Spirit is the only one that can take from the unseen world and bring it into the natural world where you live. If you leave him out of your life, you are alone. We need the Holy Spirit. Look at what the Bible says in Luke chapter 1 verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, to Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the highest will overshadow you. When will the power of the highest overshadow Mary? When the Holy Spirit comes upon her. So that's what's going to happen. Therefore, also, the Holy One, you see, anytime the Holy Spirit gets involved, you got something that's holy coming. The Holy One who, therefore, because of what I'm telling you now, it says also that that, that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. You see, it's so important. We are born of the Spirit of God. Who are we? Children of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the Spirit is spirit. If you are born of the Holy Spirit, you are, even though you are natural, you are transformed into a child of God. And heaven and the angels recognize you as a member of the family. You're a member of the family. Once this happens. And that's what happened with Jesus. Is the Holy Spirit. He is the creative force. He is the one that can take from the unseen world and bring it into the natural world. But he needs the word. The Holy Spirit is activated by the word of God. If there is no word, he doesn't move. If it's Samuel's word and not God's word, he doesn't move. And nothing supernatural takes place. But if it's his word, I don't care who is saying it. If it's God's word, the Holy Spirit moves. And accomplishes. Somebody was asking Smith Wigglesworth, do you feel the Holy Spirit? Because God used him so much in healing. And so many people were healed. Cancer, just, some of these things will fall off from people. Growth will fall off from people. And they say, you move with such power. Is the Holy Spirit moving you? He said, no, I just move. And he catches up with me. And takes over. 
Because once you give the word, he's right there. He goes beyond and he does the work. But you hold your mouth and you don't speak his word or you don't know his word and you don't believe his word, you got no miracle. He is the one that does all the miracles. He is the one that heals. So important. So important. Jesus said to us, those who believe, he said, do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? John 14 verse 10. The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. No, the words have to come through authority, right? It says, but the Father, who is spirit, God is a spirit, Jesus said, God is a spirit. The Father who dwells in me does the work, works. Notice, Jesus started by saying the words, right? And ended up with works. Did you, can you see that? The Father who is doing the work, Jesus said, God to the woman, God is spirit. And seeks those that will worship him to worship him in spirit and in truth. So God is the spirit. And Jesus said, don't you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority. But the Father who dwells in me, he does the work. How? Through his word. So the spirit and the word, they are so important. You need the Holy Spirit. You need the word of God. John chapter 6 verse uh, 63. Jesus says, in the spirit, it is the spirit that gives life. The flesh profits nothing. You can't gain anything, Jesus says, from the flesh. If you are going to lean on your own understanding, and I see a lot of people, it's very cerebral, it's in their head, it's got to go beyond your head into your heart, your spirit. What Jesus has done for you, pray for understanding. So you know what Jesus has done for you, that's when you get the miracle. It is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. I mean, you know, Jesus performed a lot of miracles and cast out a lot of demons. You know how he did them? Jesus made it clear to us how he cast out demons, how he did all of these miracles. If you read in uh, Matthew chapter 12, verse 28, it says, but if I cast out, Jesus speaking, it says, but if I cast out demons, how? By the Spirit of God. Sometimes we read and we say, well, Jesus had power. Yes, he had power because the Holy Spirit was there with him. If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, surely the kingdom of God is come upon you. And you can look at Luke chapter 11, verse 20. Jesus used the same, it's the same language here, but it didn't say spirit. It says the finger of God. How was Adam put together? God formed him, right? Yeah. That's what Jesus was doing. If I cast out demons by the finger of God or by the spirit of God, then the kingdom of God is come to you. I'm going to continue with this message. I have, I'm, I'm going, I have something that I'm going after. I want to let you know which will transform your life. I need you to be back and because we're going somewhere. 
This will transform your life. It's easy, it's simple. That's the way I like it. And I believe that's the way God likes it. But as we complete this message, if you listen carefully and you follow through, things will begin to trans- uh, change in your life. That's what transformed me. If you knew me early, early part of my life, I couldn't talk to children. Let's talk about speaking in the presence of people like this. I, I, thought, I was already saved for years. I just couldn't do that. But this force, we're talking the creative force, can create in you even something that was not there before. So that you can start doing something and you watch yourself act. And he's taking over. Just like Smith Wigglesworth says, he takes over. And I just flow with him. May that be your portion in Jesus' name. Jesus said, the works that I do, you shall do also. And greater works that I do. If you believe in me, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than this shall he do. Because I go to my father. In those days, before I understood these things, I used to say to myself, so Jesus, I haven't done anything close, anything like what you did in the scriptures. How can I call myself a Christian? Not even one. Do all of, all have to, all of us have to do that? Yes. If you understand the scriptures, and that's what's going to happen in the Ark Fellowship. Amen? If you follow through, that's going to happen. God will be doing miracles in your life. Amen? I'm going to close this morning by asking everyone that is here, if you have not made Jesus the number one person in your life, you need to do that. I know you are Christians. I know you go to church. But you know you're doing things that you shouldn't be doing. And you know everything is not right between you and God. And you want to make things right between you and God. If you are here this morning, I want, I'm speaking to you. And believe me, it's God speaking to you using my, my lips to talk to you this morning. What you need to do is just raise your hand and say, God, I am that person. I need you in my life. What's wrong with that? You need God. We all need God, don't we? Let him come into your life and watch what he's going to do with you. He created you. He has some plans for your life. But until he comes, you will never discover these plans in your life. But you can start discovering them today if you will open your heart and ask him to to come in and ask him, God, I'm going to surrender to you. I'm going to do what you say and see what will happen. Amen? All heads bowed this morning and all eyes closed. And please don't be looking around. This is very uh, holy hour before our God. God's here with us. If you are one of those that I've spoken to and something in you says, that's me. I really want God in my life. I really want to give everything. I want to surrender to God. You need to obey him this morning. At the count of three, all I need you to do is put your hand up quickly and I'll see it and then put it back down. Amen. It's very important that you do that so that heaven will see that. Now I'm going to count. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Now pray with me this morning. Everybody pray with me. Say with me, Lord God, thank you for sending your son into the world with a message for us. Lord, I received the message and I received the messenger 
Jesus of Nazareth. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. Be my shepherd. All through my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you were serious in your prayer and you meant it from your heart, sometimes people say, well, I didn't feel anything. God doesn't work by feeling. <laughs> if you meant it and you're serious in your mind, I want that. Yes, he's accepted with him. You don't have to feel anything. Feelings will come later. Many times, and I've been there, I'm looking for some kind of a feeling that made me suffer a lot. You don't have to feel anything. All it, what came out of your mouth, heaven's heard and it's recorded. Jesus said, every word that a man would speak, he'll give an account of on the day of judgment. Those words you spoke, he heard it and it was recorded. And if you said it towards him and you meant well, it's recorded for good for your life. Amen? So if you die today, guess where you'll go? You close your eyes on this side of heaven and you open your eyes in the presence of the living God. That's a beauty. Amen? What I need you to do, amen, amen. What I need you to do is uh, let me know what, what your decision is. There's a part of this card, the connection card, that says my decision today. Just check that there, what you did. If you're rededicating your life, if you're just coming to open your life for God for the very first time, you need God, just check that. We'll pick that during the offering and uh, we will send you something in the mail that you can start studying to help you know God better. We want to do that and help you. Amen. Now it's offering time.